Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. And away we go, the Friday edition of The Oakley Show. At this time, every weekday afternoon, we drill down on topics worthy of discussion with our panel. And joining us in studio, Carlene Nation, media strategist at One Nation PR in Toronto. Happy Friday, John. Happy, Beautiful happy. Beautiful day. Joy, joy. It is, Joy, it? indeed. All right. Michael Giles, he's been in government too long to count, federally, provincially, <laughs> municipally. Currently the exec assistant to Councillor Michelle Holland. How's Michael? I'm very good. I think I'm calling to Dr. Lou tomorrow. I have one of those summer colds that makes you miserable. Oh, geez. Well, you know, you could have warned us in advance. <laughs> That's why I'm way over here. I, I would have stayed home anyway. <laughs> And the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Minister at Trinity St. Paul's Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, and a former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. How's Sherry doing? I'm. It's always a pleasure to be here, John. Well, it's a pleasure I'm to have. Delighted. I know. Yesterday morning, you were actually out in front of the legislature, part I was of a, indeed. Yeah. a protest against mm-hmm. the uh, revamping of the sex ed curriculum. Yeah, I mean, four days of the House sitting, and I was there for three of them. I, I got, it's like I never left, so I'm, I have to stop now. I have to stop. Yeah, I was going to say, they got to wean you <laughs> off that, especially since you're off the payroll. What what other reason would you have to attend? So what was the point and purpose of the protest? What do you hope to accomplish? Sure. Um, the point and purpose was to actually read the, the, the you know, the sex ed curriculum, as it's been, been called. Uh, and so a number of readers came up. Of course, you couldn't read the whole thing. It's quite large. It would have taken hours and hours, but for about an hour and a half, to two hours, you know, people were up there reading segments of it to actually, you know, talk about what's in it. And uh, it was very well done. It was it was the woman who organized its very first demonstration. She was very sweet and uh, got lots of press and it was good. All right. When you say, you know, uh, people ought to read it, is that your suspicion that the folks who are pro, uh, the, the folks who have been against it and wanted it changed? Uh, their argument was there wasn't adequate consultation. I mean, this is what the Ford government is also standing by, and they wanted... Actually, they've been backtracking. I was there for a question period on Monday, and Lisa Thompson, the education minister, said, no, 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 we're going to talk about sexting, we're going to talk about consent, we're going to talk about gender uh, inquiry. Um, this is all going to be part of, of what we're doing. And and quite frankly, all the teachers that we talk, have talked to in ETFO and OSSTF, and even OECTA, the Catholic Teachers Union, have said, we're going to teach the new curriculum. Let's see them try to stop us. So I think the resistance has moved to the classroom. 4,000 parents, 4,000 schools, 2,400 educators, 700 students, 170 organizations, including CAMH, over 10 years went into that curriculum. Well, all right. Uh, By the way, you called it the resistance. Carlene, let me ask you. I mean, that these teachers would decide unilaterally, or at least collectively, they would defy what the province has by way of a, a planned new updated curriculum. Is that okay for you? You know, I wish they'd put all that passion into teaching our kids math and sciences and technology. I mean, you know, our kids are failing in math. We're not accomplishing any great awards in sciences. Our our, our education system is paltry on the academic side. So we hear uh, in London that uh, teachers, uh, a school board is getting legal advice because they, they want to know if they teach certain things if in the in the current curriculum if they're going to be sued and all these other things i think people need to calm down 
uh, give the new education minister a chance to uh, revamp or do the consultations and see what comes up. I know uh, September is rolling around. Uh, she's going to make certain changes in the interim, and people need to calm down. I think this thing is just roiled up uh, for political purposes. Well, all right, let me ask Michael, because, you know, Sherry did let the cat out of the bag, calling it the resistance. <laughs> I thought up until this point, that was kind of an American term being bandied about, <laughs> those who stand in opposition to Trump, but apparently it's now migrated north, <laughs> crossed the border at an illegal border crossing. Uh, so tell me, do, I mean, does that make Don't sense? Don't say that illegal. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, actually, I mean, I whether I like what the government's proposing or don't like it is sort of irrelevant. My concern is you have a democratically elected government that literally just took power, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, teachers, uh, while I understand their passion about, you know, the opinions on this side or the other, the government has an elected by the people. The government makes decisions. They are accountable to the people, and they should follow the directions of the government on this. Wow, resistance, though. i got to get back to the Sherry, because as I said... It's well, we're talking about children's safety. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about making children vulnerable to predators if they don't know the everybody, correct terms for their agrees. own body parts. Yeah. Uh, an educated child is a safe child, and and teachers will do, because I, honestly, I, I believe in teachers, but what, most of them. I mean, they do what's best for their children, and well, they will. What parent doesn't safeguard their kid against these kinds of practices? Uh, well, first of all, I think most kids get their main information in the schoolyard or online or on the internet now. Well, that's kind of and sad, that's isn't it? Extremely dangerous. Well, sad um, too. So, well, and it's sad too. And and you know, why shouldn't they learn? I mean, there's nothing shameful about our bodies. I'm sitting here wearing a collar. Um, you know, God created us. We're created in God's image. Um, our, there's nothing shameful about our bodies. Why don't we learn to name uh, the correct body parts? Wow. Why don't we it, learn it, about how to keep it, ourselves it, safe? In all Consent of this, is yeah. about yeah. safety. In all of this, they're, they're ignoring the parents and belittling and demeaning oh. the role 4, of parents. 4,000 parents. It's like in the whole discussion, the parents apparently don't seem to matter. The parents are, are, are thrown out there as uh, Neanderthals who have no interest whatsoever in there teaching their children. There were lots of parents at so the demonstration. Yeah, 4,000 weighed in. Yeah, well, there's I like think, 7 million think, in the province. I think so. we, we need to be more respectful of the wishes of parents who have some concerns about it. Imagine a whopping majority voted for the the Ford government, uh, and Actually, many of them had concerns. <laughs> many of them. All right, had in a plurality, I mean, he carried the day. Well, I think, the, and, and I think the issue here is, if we're, we're going to, you know, uh, deal with reality here, the issue is not going to be about whether they teach about consent and whether they teach about body parts. Clearly, this this kind of thing is going to be part of the, the curriculum. I think there are, there were issues that were raised by parents about, uh, you know, let's face it, there are issues about gender identity. That's what some parents were expressing concerns about. Whether right or wrong, I don't take an opinion on it in terms of here. I'm just saying that those that specifically, I think, is what the government's looking at. We're not going to see all this other stuff thrown out, and nobody's going to talk about, you know, internet safety and all that kind of stuff. Clearly, that will be part of whatever well, comes out of the final program. According right, let me to ask you the here, demonstrators that were there at Queen's Park, but I did, the, you know, was out there, and I was still an MPP. Um, most of the signs were quite frankly homophobic and transphobic and there were parents who spoke at the demonstrations with very small children who were already questioning um, their sexuality. LGBTQ students are at the highest rate of suicide. We want to keep them safe too and so do their, their teachers. Right. The LGBTQ uh, component is going to be a part of the new curriculum. Uh, the Ford administration has not said that 
any of that is going to be removed. So what you're saying is, so, I mean, these protesters, and including Sherry and uh, others, they're uh, being alarmist now. I'm, I think so. I'm well, kind of curious, Sherry, because, I mean, your mm-hmm. former... Uh, when you were still in the uh, caucus there with the NDP, Andrea Horvath's still the leader, but in the first few days, she's really raised herself to uh, new heights of uh, outraged rhetoric mm-hmm. I mean, the, in high dudgeon. You know, maybe she could stand down, tamp it down a little bit. Do you think she's over the top? You know, this is where we see, again, this resistance idea taking note, uh, taking root. Uh, in America, you've got folks being accused of Trump derangement syndrome. Uh, what is it about Doug Ford that's setting the left off? Well, I talk about taking the rhetoric up. Um, I mean, Mr. Ford uh, talked about the NDP as police haters. I mean, come on. Uh, the, that's rhetoric over the top. I mean, Is quite it? frankly, it was my bill that brought in um, PTSD as a workplace injury for first responders, including police. The police were very much on side with us on that. Um, so was a, a PC party. And in fact, we finally got that done. Um, I mean, c- clearly, um, rhetoric is happening from both sides of the aisle. I would okay, say. well, you know, it's led to polarization. And certainly in the state, and I, I'm kind of curious, Michael, let me ask you, this: the public discourse is more divided than at any point I can ever remember. Uh, whose fault is that, the left or the right? Uh, I think there's responsibility on all sides. But having said that, you know, I think this polarization, the whole notion of polarization in the United States society, it, there's a, a perception that this all began sort of, you know, in the last year or two. I think American society has been polarizing over the last 30 years more and more and more. I think where there's a, a greater degree of responsibility lies with somebody like Donald Trump, who who did not, you know, if you look at former presidents who have tried to uh, to you know bring people together, he immediately identified this polarization, he manipulated it, he encouraged it, in order or in order for political purposes. And the problem with that is, you you know, you ramp this up and you cannot control it once it starts. It's like throwing a hand grenade; you can pull the pin out, you still control it. The minute you throw it, you cannot control where All it's right, going. So it was Trump's fault, except that the folks behind Hillary Clinton would not go quietly into that good night, even though she was soundly defeated. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being politi- political opponents. Well, they're the ones who have, they, they're the ones who have uh, <laughs> coined the term the resistance. Well, yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm not saying there's, any, but again, that's I think that is still legitimate opposition is not the same thing as the stuff Trump is tweeting out every day. Just some of it's absolutely insane. You know, he's calling people from Mexico rapists and all this kind of, like that kind of rhetoric well, is some, beyond. Yeah, they don't send us their best. That well, was what he said as I, initial foray. I mean, in the context in which he said it, he wasn't entirely wrong. There right, are some but, folks drifting across the border but I don't, with I, ill I don't intent. Think, well, I don't think ethnicity, uh, you know, precursors is a precursor for, you know, being a rapist or a criminal or anything else. Nobody but, said that, though. No, no, I'm not saying he said it, but what I'm saying is he has, you know, he used uses these things and he conflates these things and that's what it does it, it ramps up rhetoric or is it the media that takes this and uh, they do the conflation and they're the ones who amp it up well he's a master of manipulating the media the uh-huh. guy, he did that through the entire campaign period uh-huh. i mean he was the, the the building that was on fire they all ran to watch what he was doing so, you know i mean look I, at and I, and I agree you look at the other side you look at cnn oh, i mean I, I i'm mean, at the point where you can't turn on cnn in the morning because no, you know I, you, you, they'll look, you know uh, report this thing and then well, go on to the msnbc there was somebody there the other night when they were talking about the helsinki aftermath and the, they had likened it to crystal pearl Mark. harbor <laughs> yeah i mean they're come likening on. it to pearl harbor and the night of the broken glass. Well, do you I mean, hey, listen to I, the I Republicans mean, on it. I mean, no, look, uh, you do have Trump derangement syndrome. I think though Trump was shocked, surprised at the hatred directed at him. 
after he got elected and how it just went through the roof. I think on both sides, you have Antifa, these uh, uh, these um, anti-establishment folks running around with base. Uh, uh, no, not, they're not anti-fascists. <laughs> they're domestic terrorists. And they're running around with baseball bats, beating people over the head. You had uh, the shooting of uh, uh, Republican Steve Scalise shortly after the election. Uh, you have uh, on the on the right, you have that guy, uh, the ultra rightist nationalist guy, plowing into people and killing people in Charlottesville. But right. I, I think, yeah, there 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 is lunacy on both sides. But I think with the starting with the comedians, starting with the comics, the late night people, with the nastiness, Bill Maher and everybody, and the attacks. Uh, everybody's taking their cues from all these Hollywood leftists. Oh, they're taking their and cues from Republicans in uh, reaction and, to Trump's no, but performance I, I, but in Helsinki. It's roiling, it's roiling up <laughs> all of the craziness. And for this woman to go on a, a major n- a national organ, a news yeah, organization right. and, and compare the, the, well, the Trump all right, but summit the point to is, the Pearl Harbor right, attack. And, and uh, you That's had Whoopi crazy. Goldberg uh, kind of went sideways on Justice Well, Jeanine no, she didn't well, just go sideways. She told she her was to called F- deranged F- get by out of this woman. She, she, used she the reacted. F word. No, she used the F word and told okay. Janine Pirro Look, to get out of here. Listen to the I mean, Republicans on Trump these days. Okay. You know, that is well, crazy. you know, I've they're, heard some they're of them. The they're, they're the never Trumpers <laughs> or some of the uh, neocons within the Republican Party. I wanted to come back, though, because, uh, you know, the whole Putin thing has stirred the pot anew and whether or not it's better to isolate Putin or engage. That's the next topic worthy of discussion with our panel. The Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Carleen Nation, and Michael Giles here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. There's been no president ever as tough as I have been on Russia. All you have to do is look at the numbers, look at what we've done, look at sanctions, look at ambassadors uh, not there, look unfortunately at what happened in Syria recently. Uh, And I think President Putin knows that better than anybody, certainly a lot better than the media.